We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us, wherever you are, whatever you happen to be doing right now. And I am pumped to have Stephen Potaski with us today. He is the guy when it comes to travel. And as the CEO and founder of the Luxus Group, he's a pro when we're talking about Airbnbs and vacation real estate. And if you follow me on Instagram, I hope that you do. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love travel. In fact, I don't think, I don't think I've gone a week this year without being on a plane. Now, maybe one week, but I've been traveling a lot is the point here. Aside from all that though, Steven's just a great guy who has this amazing excitement for life. Speaking of Instagram, by the way, you can find him under his name. It's just at Stephen Potaski. You can find me at Chris Van Vliet. And if it's your first time listening to the show, it would be amazing if you would consider subscribing or following wherever you're listening right now. Our fan of the week is Kenny King Jr. Thank you for this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, goaded. CVV puts out some of the best interviews and content on a consistent basis. Interviews are always fresh and always fun. Well, thank you for that, KKJ, Kenny King Jr. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to leave a review. I read one on every episode. It's my small way of saying thank you for being on this journey with us. And of course, I shout you out for free. So if you have an iPhone, if you have Apple Podcasts, everyone has an Apple Podcast if you have an iPhone, by the way. Go in there and leave a few words and we'll shout you out here on one of an, on one of the upcoming episodes. If you have Spotify, they have ratings. And at last check, we had 559 ratings. That's amazing. So thank you. If you could go in there and consider leaving a rating there, that would be so appreciated. Okay, let's dive into this. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Potaski. It's always good to be joined by a fellow Canadian. So, Stephen, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, fellow Canadian. We're pretty opposite ends, but you know what? Once from Canada, we're like brothers. So, well, that's the thing, right? Like, it doesn't matter that you're probably a 40 hour drive away from where I grew up. <laughs> but, right. You know, it's, it's Canada, right? <laughs> exactly. We're all connected. One degree separation. That's it. I also yeah. love that you are as active as I am. I saw that recently you, you did hard 75, which, 
Yeah. I think seems like very difficult. And before we dive into the, you know, the meat and potatoes of this interview, yeah. what's yeah. the toughest part about Hard 75? Uh, the toughest part was, I would say, for me, I definitely enjoy like a cocktail once a week or on the weekends. And I think it was like changing your perspective on what social time means with your wife, your friends. So like, I mm-hmm. found like the workouts weren't that bad. Now that said, you know, I'm from Canada. I'm from a colder part of Canada, Edmonton. And it was, um, we did it from January 1st, 2020 to March 15th, 2020. So it was 75 days, but there's two interesting caveats, minus 40 degrees Celsius. Mm. And for all the American followers, that's, you know how minus 40 Celsius and minus 40 Fahrenheit, that's where they cross. Yeah. So it was very cold and that was pretty difficult for sure. But reevaluating what social time meant, you don't need to have a cocktail in your hand to have fun. But the really hard part was uh, March 15th, day 75. My wife and I did it together. We achieved it. And March 15th was the day the world fell apart with COVID. So it uh, kind of lost some of those gains as we went to survival mode for the next six months. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, this is Andrew Frisella and he yeah. has the podcast uh, Real AF. Yeah. So it's two workouts a day, one of them outdoors. Yeah. Does it read 10 minutes a day? Yeah, I know 10 pages of it. I have a hard pages. copy book, not an audio book. An actual, like, you got to turn the, turn the pages. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, it's also no drinking for 75 days. Yeah. So the, uh, there's, there's five things. So you got the yeah. two workouts a day, 45 minutes each, one outside. You have a gallon of water a day. Um, you have the 10 pages of a, it has to be a, you know, professional development or personal development book. It can't be like Harry Potter. And uh, that's hard <laughs> with Harry Potter, but just not for this. Exactly. It's a great book, but a uh, great series. Harder than you think, 10 pages a day, that legitimately yeah. to turn 10 pages over, not fall asleep and, and miss. Um, strict diet, which was uh, probably, it is certainly, it's very difficult. That includes no alcohol, no cheats, no no nothing. But whatever your diet is, are you trying to lose weight, put, build muscle, whatever, you just have to stick to it. And then the, the fifth thing, which you wouldn't think is very hard, but take a progress pick 75 days in a row. Right. I've had friends that have actually lost on 75 hard because they forgot to take a pick one day. They go back like, oh my God, I missed day 47. And it's very much the honor system of restarting. It's the easiest thing in the world to hide, but it's really a program out of your own personal integrity and your own personal uh, battle and to win. And that was, uh, I was okay with that, but I had an alarm set, so I didn't forget. But um, there were a couple of times I was close to the edge on on falling asleep, reading the book in bed. And then that would have been so horrible to start over. I like that idea though, of setting an alarm to like, make sure that stuff gets done. Cause I think yeah. a lot of people like go, Oh, I'll do that thing tomorrow. And then they forget about it or they write it down and go, I need to do this thing today. And then they never end up doing it. When exactly. your phone is buzzing and you look at your phone 76 times a day, you know, I think <laughs> it's, it's hard to ignore that. I know. No, it, it's fun. And the more you can get done in the morning, like it's kind of like they'll win the morning, win the day, but that is, sure. I mean, you absolutely dial during 75 hard in your mornings. Like you can't mess it up because once you get behind, it's basically impossible to catch back up because you only have 24 hours to complete it. So um, each day, and it's a new day, the following, uh, you know, new cycle, 75 in a row, but it was an awesome experience. I, I think honestly, it really set me up for COVID because I turned 40, you know, two years ago, March 15th. And then that was, you know, school shut down, airline, it's all shut down and we're in the travel business. So it was definitely a hard run, but I feel like the mental discipline that came as a result of that program, it gave me and my wife both kind of the tools to navigate it uh, over that kind of six to 12 months where it's kind of a pretty scary time. I'm so excited to jump into all of this with you because like you're the guy when it comes to like vacation rentals or Airbnbs. And I've kind of been like, dipping my toe into this water of going like, all right, I think it's time. Like 
I want to get one. And then I know where the real estate market is at right now, which is like kind of like where the gas prices are at right now. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I want to start with going, you know, asking you this question Is now a good time to get started? A great point. And so for clarity, our business has like multiple different prongs within the vacation real estate space, whether it's we develop our own inventory, we do do some luxury Airbnbs, we have a very large co-ownership fund, which is a group of hundreds of investors that pool together their capital to buy properties, almost like a private club, but an equity base. And everyone's asked the question about that. It's like, is there still good buys out there? And the reality is, is like good is a relative term. Mm. You know, it uh, it's kind of comparative to what you can achieve from like a cap rate perspective. So if you're Airbnb is yes, there are still deals out there, but it wasn't like we had such a good run from 2010 to 2019 of like, especially the first five years of that cycle coming out of the great recession where you pretty much could not mess up a buy, even if you tried to. Now you have to be like surgical on your discipline on the underwriting. And the problem is, is every time a good deal comes on the market, people are getting multiple bids. So it is, it is a hard time to buy, not impossible. The good thing is as the um, capital, you know, the price to acquire a unit has accelerated, so has the rental rates. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's the demand for renting um, home safe havens, you know, outside of hotels or cruise ships or whatever has really accelerated during COVID. And that's driven up those rates in parallel to the capital rates. So I think you can still get very good rates. Just the capital appreciation side is going to be tougher to, um, to get versus maybe what, if you look in hindsight, the last two years has been a pretty good run. Yeah. I feel like people before COVID were like making a bunch of money on this. I feel like people now that might be buying someone something now might just be trying to cover their mortgage. <laughs> it almost is. There's definitely, we've been looking at some deals lately um, on behalf of clients just helping out. And it's like certain markets are fairly insulated, I believe, to what, you know, there'll be some form of reset. And I don't, the difference with the now in 2008 was there was so much supply being poured in the market in 2008. Like a, it was inevitable, some form of crash. No one thought, obviously, to the extent that the crash happened. But everyone thinks, will it be the same thing? Yeah. There's no crystal ball. Personally, I don't believe there will be because I look at the supply as being different than it was then. There's just not that much supply in the market. And the people aren't using, um, or people are using their homes more as second vacation homes and using versus back then investor buyers were buying on subprime and it was just driving prices up artificially. So I, I see there's more of a soft landing. I do see certain markets are more insulated to uh, kind of a reset. Things like Hawaii, places where it's safe. Of course, the war in Ukraine is a horrible, horrible thing. But from a, anytime there's uncertainty in the world, people flock to certainty. So I feel like that just drives you know greater value for these kind of like key markets. And then there's a few up and coming markets to keep an eye on. I think they could have good long term, long term, long term gains. Now, let's take it back here, Stephen, because you've been doing this since 2007, which I, I think most people didn't even realize this was a possibility <laughs> in 2007. Like the idea of. Airbnb being something, I think, just is like a fairly recent term for people. So what Correct. got you interested in this? Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, for us, I mean, Airbnb, interesting, was founded in 2008 and really didn't get its kind of wings till 2010, you know, 11, 12 was when it started to get going. So we were 07. Um, we weren't in the rental space. That particular first model came actually out of just a uh, very simple. I mean, my wife and I had our child, their first son, his name's Cash. And we loved to travel. We committed to ourselves that when we started to have children, we were not going to stop traveling. We loved it. And um, so we thought, okay, what are our options? Well, hotels, okay, they were great, but um, you know, hotels are not as romantic when you have a baby sleeping in the room beside you or sharing the bed. So it kind of takes the, the fun away from um, when it comes down to hotels. So we kind of scrapped that. 
renting homes, um, but it had that inconsistency. We didn't want to show up and have the pool not look right or, you know, that it, I don't know. You just don't know with rental homes, especially back then. It's certainly yeah. a lot better now. And then the third thing was buying a second home, which first off, we couldn't afford at the time. And then second, we didn't want to be restricted to a singular destination. So we thought, wouldn't it be nice? This is kind of where Fantasyland came into play is like, wouldn't it be nice if we had like 20 second homes and we could travel to any of them any given time? And uh, obviously we need $20 million. So we are 19 million, 900 50,000 short from that, from that, <laughs> achieving that goal. And uh, so we thought, well, what if we brought in a whole bunch of friends with us and let's share together? And that's not a new concept. People buy second homes together all the time, but we're one of the few in the world that have done it on the scale where we, you know, raised our first three and a half million dollars. We bought three homes, a place in Palm Springs, or pardon me, Scottsdale, a place in Maui and a place in interior British Columbia. Palm Springs is number four. And uh, we, we shared these homes with 18 friends and family. And that became effectively this, this co-ownership vehicle. And then it, then it kind of snowballed. They, those friends told their friends. And, and that was kind of the start of this Luxus Group journey. And we raised about $100 million in 10 years and bought 50 properties. And that became our personal collection of vacation homes, along with a few hundred of our closest friends and family. And that was the kickoff to Luxus. Wow. So what do you look for when you're looking for a vacation home? For us, and just maybe I should say, people ask how we got the name Luxus. Uh, they think it was a spinoff of Lexus, but Luxus is Latin for luxury. So just as a little side note there, if you're curious. Uh, the Lexus oh, yeah, that makes way more group. sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's where I came from. The, the, not the car company, but something different. Um, for us, when we're, we're shopping, it's a couple of things. First off, you know, we look at, you know, there's like a, there's a weight and it's this constant balance between like a financial aspect. How are we going to do in this financially, whether it's you know, for capital appreciation purposes within our own fund, or if it's for an Airbnb purpose, like for short-term rentals. So that's kind of like one half of the weight and the other half of the weight is lifestyle. How much are we going to enjoy it? Mm. So because all of the products we bought, we intended to enjoy it. We never were in the space of buying like quarter million dollar properties. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the time we were like, what's the type of vacation we would want to spend time in and our friends. So we pursued that equal weight to say, okay, let's look for something that has good upside appreciation if we ever were to sell it, could it be rentable in the open market to generate like a nice return? Because that's obviously a good approach. If you talk about a selling perspective, if you have two types of buyers, an investor buyer and an end user buyer, you now have two people bidding against each other for your property. So that's all that aspect. And then just what felt good? You know, what are places we like to be, you know, on the beach, on the lake, on the golf course, in the middle of a city, Times Square, Tuscany. And so we just actually we're kind of driven by our own personal travel ambitions and that of our partners. And, um, and that helped us kind of that weight scale said, okay, we like this destination, this community, this property, pull the trigger. So you're basically saying like, it's okay to spend a little bit more if it's ticking all these boxes with location and like a place that you'd actually want to go vacation in. Personally, if you, if it's your first time, like you're kind of want to, like you said, dip the toe into the Airbnb space and you're in your yeah. first couple assets, I 100% believe, and I, I'm pretty convicted in this, pick something that you would want to stay in. Because who knows, maybe one day there'll be like a global pandemic and we're all going to have to leave our cities and go. And no one ever thought that'd be the case. But yeah. our partners and those that had these Airbnbs that short-term rentals were effectively shut down for extended periods of time, our clients and those got a chance to move into these homes temporarily part-time to enjoy because they actually own them. If it was a an industrial building in Northern Canada, well, I can't go live in that. But if it was a condo in Maui, well, I could go there if I can't be in the city. So personally, I think in your first couple, you pick something you really love because worst case scenario, 
if it doesn't perform financially the way you, you dreamed, you can enjoy it personally. As soon as you get scale, you have to get a little more sophisticated in the underwriting to ensure they're kind of producing the returns you're targeting. But the yeah. first couple definitely, you know, speak from the heart as much as the wallet when you're buying. Yeah. So this is where my toe dipping has begun. I, you know, <laughs> yes. I live not far from Big Bear. It's like a two hour drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And is Big Bear, does it make sense? Because I feel like the market there has like doubled over the last two years. It is. It's funny. We just had a client. Uh, are, are you San Diego or are you Orange County? Where I'm in LA. You're in LA, yeah. So we had yeah. a client from San Diego looking at um, Big Bear. So we just did some research on it. So I can actually get you some intel, but I actually think it's purely because it's proximity. So this is a good example on like bucket number one is yeah. demand. Big Bear will always be in demand because it has um, 10 million people within a two hour drive. So I like it from that perspective that it's, I don't see it as a, a market that has a risk of a big decline, even though obviously it's increased in price. And it's it's a four season place. You have winter activities, you got spring, fall, and summer. Yeah. So personally, I think Big Bear is good. Picking the right asset's always tricky. I mean, you have to find something you love. But if you're going to use it and you can drive two hours away, even if you don't rent it out all the time, which I think you'll have no problem doing, um, it's a great place to go use and vacation as a family. Yeah, but I look at it and I'm like, oh, this place is listed for, I don't know, 650. And then yeah. that person bought it a year ago for 400. It just breaks it's, my heart to see that. It's, it's very, very frustrating. We all have like the gift of hindsight right now. Like, I should have bought that. <laughs> I should have bought that. But don't yeah. look back when it's 9, 950 in a year and be like, I could have bought it at 650. And not to say don't be part of the buying frenzy because I think you can still buy intelligently even in a, in a seller's market. You just have to really do your, you know, do your work, do your diligence, and then be ready with your cash on the sidelines when the right deal comes up. So do you now have the ability to pretty much work from wherever you want? I mean, you've got these great homes all over the world. You could work from anywhere, really. You know what? We're super blessed. Like really, really blessed. Because our homes are obviously they're co-owned by a number of other partners. For us, when we do them these these different destinations, they're generally not in those places. We vacation there because we're a co-owner with like shoulder to shoulder with our investors. But because um, we have a developments angle, a development side rather to our business, which is around um, developing projects in this lifestyle space, um, we do we are blessed to be able to go to these areas like Las Vegas or Hawaii or Tuscany where we have projects that are active and spend time there because we have to be there anyway. So rather than dad just going for a business trip to Italy for five days, the family will come for a week or two and we can actually give the kids some education on the road and the remote learning has been really quite good since COVID hit, which is maybe one of the few wins of COVID over the last uh, couple of years is kind of how the education system has gone online. So we've had the privilege of doing that a few times and we're just very grateful and hopefully we can just keep it going. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, which is a super important part of my morning routine. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And best of all, it tastes amazing and it's really helped with better sleep quality and recovery for me. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is, it fits right into your diet. Look, lots of people take some kind of multivitamin and I think it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. That's why I drink Athletic Greens every morning. And that's why it's recommended by professional athletes in all kinds of different sports. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since it's cold and flu season right now. 
It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash insight. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash insight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You put this quote out on Instagram that I absolutely love. You <laughs> shared it. It was travel more. Your money will return. Your time won't. <laughs> yeah. it, I honestly, for my whole life, I've loved travel. It's something that's super, super powerful. I've, because we've had hundreds of clients, all high net worth families, all f- totally financially independent to do whatever they want. But I've seen so many wait until it's too late. And not necessarily that someone passes away, God forbid, but their health deteriorates or they can't swing a tennis racket or golf or ski and you know they have a lot of money so we I've, I've dedicated like you know most of my adult life to encouraging people to travel more i've never said someone or heard someone say i was a, i shouldn't i shouldn't have traveled that much <laughs> like has anyone ever said that <laughs> I, I should have gone to hawaii so often it was so bad for my mental health like no one says that you always say I should have traveled more. So I'm part of my like mission is helping people travel more. And we do that actually through our company. Um, but it's uh, sometimes some people are really like in a, in a specific path on working in a career and, and they wait a little late and, and then there's never too late to start. Just get moving, just get out there and get doing things. Can anybody work with you or is this like a word of mouth thing? Uh, from, from an investor perspective? Yeah. You know what? It used to be uh, more open, but it was very geographically restricted within Canada. It's based on because we are a security. So if you're issuing a security with certain specific laws in Canada that kind of covered it. Um, from an so co-ownership perspective, it is a bit restricted and we don't have any open funds right now. Um, but from a uh, perspective of some of the different things we have on the go, we are starting to spread the word more. So we have an education platform for YouTube now. Uh, we actually open up an advisory side to the company, which is 
trying to take our education out on a greater scale to help people out. But um, but generally, it has been a little bit more tighter tighter net word of mouth. But we are trying to open it up to impact more lives for sure. What kind? Of, so you mentioned your YouTube channel. Let's plug that right now. Where can people okay. find that? Where can they subscribe? And what will they find on there? Uh, yeah, thanks so much. So um, we were chatting earlier, but I am the worst social media guy. I know you probably pulled that quote from probably three years ago about my last post. It was like 15 my... posts ago. So <laughs> exactly. So that's about about three years or so. Um, I haven't been good at social media. It's kind of on me and I haven't done a good job on uh, sp- spreading the word, I guess. So through much encouragement through my mentors, my peer groups, and now on social media, uh, Instagram, I, I'm starting to reactivate. It will be slow on, on inside. I don't put a ton out there. YouTube, those where we're spending our time. And the YouTube channel is focused on actually 20-minute snippets, basically helping people you know, learn from what's in our, our company and our employees we have and the things we've learned over the years and providing people free content on buying homes, selling homes, renting homes, managing homes, developing homes, and everything in between. So it's if you are in the space for a vacation home, whether you're just starting the process, you have six of them already, you want to be an Airbnb pro, we're just dumping free content out there. So that's like, I, for me, it would mean a lot. If any of your listeners appreciate it, subscribe. If you don't like the content, just unsubscribe later. But uh, hopefully you find some some good tidbits in there that can help you along the way. Well, you just gained a new subscriber from me. Appreciate it. I'm at yep. seven. I- so I got nah, my, my you mom. are at you are at 184 the Luxus right. group on YouTube. Okay, there you go. It's been a, been a good day. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate. It. I'll, I'll take everyone <laughs> I can get. What would you say is the biggest mistake that people make when they're getting their first vacation home? Biggest mistake, o- almost universally, is buying based on emotion, like not having that proper diligence. And again, mm-hmm. a, a vacation home should be an emotional buy because, as I mentioned before, it is connected to the heart as much as it is the wallet. But I think that this the issue is people don't can't spend enough time to properly do the due diligence on a specific market or community, especially in a seller's market. You go down there, real estate agents can be hard. You got to put an offer in today, you're going to lose the home. And so you feel this emotional, like this overwhelming emotional thing. And you write a multi-seven-figure check or six-figure check, and you have a buyer's remorse a few days later. I've fortunately don't have that because I do, even if I miss a number of deals to get the right one, we'd always balance that scale. And so part of actually the YouTube channel is we have an advisory side of the company as well, helping people understand what it is to balance that. What does it mean for us? And so we check all the boxes on the financial side, the diligence side, and then the the lifestyle side. And it really helps people make a, a better decision versus just going on vacation with your family to say Lake Tahoe, and you're on the boat and you're driving. It's so happy. And there's a for sale sign on the on the dock and you, you drive up to the dock and you shake hands with the owner, you make a deal. And it happens so frequently. And unfortunately, more times than not, it's probably a mistake or there might've been a better option for you. So mm. that not necessarily always a mistake, just there's probably something better if you put the time and investment into it. When it comes to this being an asset, like how much truth is there to the old adage of like, it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. I, I think it's... um. You know, we're in this for the long game, obviously 15 years. So we're in our, you know, and we were buying the real estate long before that, my parents and kind of their family, but got really active for 15 years. I feel like real estate has to be a long game. There are a lot of people in right now playing the short game for sure. They'll be thinned out when there is a plateau or a soft landing or some form of reset at some point. But if you're in it for the long term, it's real estate. Like, so I feel like there's not really necessarily a bad time or good time. You can only look at that through hindsight, not through the crystal ball. 
And um, so when it comes to investing time in the market, the more you know about a specific destination, the more likelihood you're going to be in it for the long game. So it's kind of the, the, the idea is that the more you understand about it, the more when you make that big financial decision, you're going to be less likely that it's a mistake that you're going to want to exit within a couple of years, which could be on a downturn resulting in a loss. So I like the time in the market approach to ensure you make it the best decision for you for the long term. With everything you've done with your company and you know, with your business, what would you say is the best advice that you've received along the way? Best advice, I would say, gosh, probably so many good. I've been so fortunate to have so many wonderful mentors and partners give lots of wisdom over the years. I, I'd probably say that being up for the long game with anything, probably just as a segue off of that is that especially in real estate, it's, it's hard to do things fast and transactionally. So every decision you make, make it through the lens, probably more of a business decision than just real estate, but is looking for the long-term play. What's it mean to your relationship with your clients, to your vendors, to your family? And I think all those things, anytime I say, geez, I can make a quick buck or um, I can do a quick exit or this and that, I'm like, is it, is it right for the long game? Because I'm a young man, I have a young family, I have a lot of runway ahead. You just never want to ever burn a bridge by doing something that's um, kind of emotionally attached to something for a quick win. If you really think about the 20-year play and getting that 20-year room, then everything just focus on like, you'll get there. You'll get there. Just don't don't sacrifice a, a fraction of integrity, a fraction of ethics, a fraction of um, anything unless it's um, or, or ever always focus again on what's best for you, your clients in the long run. You mentioned your family, and I'm just so curious. How do you balance when you have such a successful company? How do you balance the personal and the professional life? Well, success is relative too, as you know. It's uh, <laughs> some days I don't feel very successful, and some days you feel like you're on the top of the world. But it's uh, it's it's kind of that that ebb and flow, where you're on the ups and downs. Probably the best part with family for me is maybe in the times when you don't feel successful, and you're getting you're getting a. Uh, punched in the throat or gut punched by whatever, the market, a situation, a, a, a bad decision that didn't turn out as well, uh, didn't turn out very well. So all these things help. I think from a family perspective, always keeping them close in the loop. Like I think that there's no, particularly as an entrepreneur, and you know, this is no such thing as like perfect balance. It's almost, and my wife uses this quote, so I'll, I'll tag it for her, but it's like a harmony in the imbalance. Mm-hmm. And my kids are along for the ride. They understand that sometimes dad is really tied up to work, but then because of that, it creates time for us to be away for longer periods of time as a family. And my kids really understand it because they've been brought up in an entrepreneurial lifestyle. So they're okay when they have to um, do their homework themselves, or they have to be, because they understand that that creates resources or time to be in like Coeur d'Alene or somewhere else in the summer or the winter, where maybe because we've tried to create this life. So it's definitely imperfect. Like there's certainly no ideal way to do it. Aside from, I think kids are so smart they're so great. Keep them in the loop of what's going on in your world. And they'll understand when you're vulnerable and you're you're struggling. And we had our very tough times over the last 10 years that we I, I couldn't have got it through without my kids and my wife. And so they have to be in the loop, not just kind of like a secondary citizen to the conversation. They should be involved. That's a great quote from your wife, by the way. I'm going to borrow that and <laughs> yeah. take it with me. Yeah. Harmony. It's a, there's no perfect balance. Harmony in the imbalance. That's, That's what you have so to find. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll pass on you pass on that, that you mentioned it and you get 25 cents every time you say it in your show. Well, I better not say it that often then. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. You could use the 25 cents. No. <laughs> I saw some stat recently that I think it was like 70% of homes so far this year have been have gone for over asking price. So if you're someone who's going to buy either their first home or their first vacation home now, yeah. that's something that could be really scary to see. It, it is. It's, um, it's interesting for us because we've never been from... Um, 
a buying perspective and multiple bid offers for maybe a handful of times over 15 years. So the fact that almost every deal that we're advising on or doing ourselves is that's what you're looking at. You have to be good at it. And I say you may the buyer good at it, but really your broker has to be good at it. So I'm a huge advocate of finding an outstanding broker or agent to represent you. That's actually something we do. So shameless plug, but like part of our connection, the advisory side is arming you with tools and resources. When you enter the market to buy something, you're feeling confident and not so not not scared or frightened because I always said, I'll never get into a bidding war. Well, now I'll never buy a property again if I'm not prepared to bid against someone else. How do I make my bid more successful versus just overpaying? A great agent will have the right data, the right relationships, the right segues, the right conduits in to helping you get the best uh, deal and, and help educate you to take the fear out of the buy. Because that's probably the biggest thing people are afraid of is overpaying. Yes, you are paying more than list price, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're overpaying on the property. Two separate things. People, Some people deliberately underprice their properties by a fraction to ensure they get multiple bids to try to create that bidding more. Your agent, if they're proficient in doing this, will help you navigate that, take the fear and uncertainty out of it, and help you become successful on those endeavors. And it definitely makes a big difference for me. There's going to be somebody listening to this who hasn't really traveled anywhere. So (laughs) from someone like you who has been all around the world, give us three (laughs) destinations that that person needs to go to this year. This year, this year. Okay. Well, um, I would say, I mean, Hawaii is always, you, you pretty much can't go I wrong. I was there so last month. Love Hawaii. <laughs> you can't go wrong. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm really a big fan of Kauai and the Big Island. No disrespect to Maui and Oahu. They're wonderful places in Lanai. But uh, Kauai and Big Island, I have a personal um, uh, desire to be more often. They're wonderful places. And I also think, too, there's slightly better buying opportunities there as a result. So there's kind of a, a tandem approach to that. That's number one. Um, I think any lake country, Right now, it's it already kind of caught its boom in a lot of spots due to the pandemic as people exited the cities. And so Northern Idaho, Montana, um, some of the desert lakes, some of the Texas lakes, uh, they've, I think any type of place where people can be close to water, but within kind of the safe haven of the borders of the United States, because again, we learned through the pandemic, the world isn't as mobile as it once was. So maybe the Caribbean or Latin America or, or Mediterranean, due to what's going on in Europe, where you can be on the water, there's 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 greater uncertainty. I'm not saying opposed to doing it because I think it's still very safe, but uh, anything within the continental U.S. and Canada that's on lakefront, I think, is going to have a great run the next ten years because when there's a lake, it'll only ever be one lake. There's only one shoreline, and just, just like a beach. And then I probably say, um, I probably still, I'd probably say Vegas. You know, Vegas has had a good run, but it's the city's really coming into its own as I real city, not just Las Vegas nightlife. Yeah. And I've been, we're doing a project there, but I've, as a result, I've been like really following the market and there's some amazing communities uh, for living and residing and raising a family. And of course the golf and the climate all make it great. So I think that Vegas has still a pretty good trajectory overall. So I know those are more kind of like West coast focused uh, sides because I'm on the West side as well. So I have a bit more um, knowledge in that area, but those three markets, I'd probably have a close look at the next uh, year or two. The idea now that Vegas has a hockey team and a football team and mm-hmm. possibly maybe if things don't work out, maybe a baseball team soon. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. that shows that it's like definitely stepping up and being like a, a considered as a much larger city. Uh, I agree. And we have a like, good sense of the products coming in the market there. There's more uh, diversity, diversity products that we're doing a... Uh, it's still in the entitlement phase, but in a Henderson, Nevada, a, a twin tower development that's going to be like luxury condos, which has not been a thing in Vegas off strip because it's always been on strip. 
And as a valley approach, there hasn't been many high rises or very few because the Vista preservation laws, you can't block people's views. So we're learning now there's that type of product coming on the market. The strip is a little more sophisticated with some residential stuff. And there's just amazing gated communities that just keep popping up that are phenomenal. And people are living there now. They're not just like vacationing. It's a big difference when you have a city that where everyone vacations and no one lives. People live there. They're raising their families. That's why I think it's a pretty special place to look at. Yeah, I'm there every two weeks. Our our podcast studio is inside the Wynn Hotel. So next time you're there, let me what? know. What? Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I would love to. That'd be amazing. It's a beautiful spot. And uh, because I've been there so often, I'm like, man, Vegas was always like the bachelor party, birthday party spot. Now oh, Vegas right. is like, it's just a this is a great destination. Outstanding. Yeah. And our M- MBA eventually, like they just keep they just keep working it. Like the city just keeps coming up with new awesome amenities, and that's just gonna foster even a you know stronger community. I have learned so much from this. Thank you for all the nuggets of knowledge during this. Where <laughs> My can pleasure. we find Absolutely. out more? Other than your YouTube channel, where can we find out more about you and what you do? Um, so I am on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, you can go to our website, probably is the best way, luxusgroup.com, and learn a bit more about kind of what some of our projects are and things we have on the go. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of where we are now. Hopefully, we'll start to maybe we'll get on TikTok. And uh, some of these other uh, platforms, but I, I will just, we'll just start with the basics. I'll just, right. you know, crawl first. <laughs> I end every conversation with the same question because I love gratitude. I wake up every day. I say out loud three things I'm grateful for. I do it before I go to bed too. I appreciate that. So Stephen, for you, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for? Oh, well, I will definitely say um, the people around me, um, you know, I'll take my family in a separate bucket, but my team that's on the other side of this wall, my investors, especially the ones that have been through the tough times with me, not just the ones that have seen the good times. Been, we've had some tough projects and tough goes like anyone else. And um, standing by me and our vision and our journey has just been like really profound impact on my life. So I'd say my people, um, our health, you know, my family's health is great. I think, you know, health is your wealth. And we, we work very hard on it as a family, 75 hard. And, and our kids are fit and active and understanding of nutrition. And so that's really cool. So I'm really grateful for that. And then just my family. I mean, they are uh, my wife, Carrie, son, Cash, daughter, Allegra, my folks, they've all been just amazing. I just, and that's what it's all about. That's like the top yeah. of the top of the pyramid for us. I love it. Thank you for all of this. Now I need to decide like, so it was Big Bear in one, yeah. you know, one category here and Joshua Tree in the other. So Ooh. Joshua Tree is pretty interesting. It's uh, we we could have a sidebar chat on that. I can give you some feedback. But I think Joshua Tree is is an interesting one. I held that whole Coachella Valley area was going to continue mm. to accelerate inside. So I think that's a good choice too. Well, there we go, Stephen. Thank you so much. That was my pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me. There you have it, my friend. The zest for life that Stephen has is so contagious. I love it. Big thank you to him for joining us on this one. Big thank you, of course, to you, because without you, this audio adventure does not happen at all. So I appreciate you being with us. Snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us and share this episode with someone who you know will get a ton of value out of it. And tag us on social media. Steven is at Stephen Potaski. I'm at Chris Fanvleet. And how about we leave you with a quote that has to do with travel? I love this one from St. Augustine. The world is a book and those who do not travel read only one page. Be great, be grateful, and we will see you on the next one for some more insight.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.